who is Dr. Jim Lowe at University of Illinois. Dr. Jim Lowe is a professor of veterinary medicine and extension swine specialist at the University of Illinois. He has expertise in swine health, welfare, and production and conducts research and outreach programs. I have to read really fast. To improve the efficiency and sustainability of swine production systems. Dr. Lowe is also involved in educating the next generation of veterinarians and animal scientists through his teaching and mentoring activities. Wow. I'm going to use that as my own introduction from now on. I think we're going to. Welcome to the Round Barn Podcast. It's devoted to all things livestock. I'm your host, Kaylee Hillinger. And as ChatGPT just told us, we have Dr. Jim Lowe, who is a swine specialist and is educating the next generation of veterinarians. All kinds of things that are almost true. It knew about you. Which is scary. But awesome. But scary. <laughs> it, I mean, I could have Googled all of those things, but it made a really nice introduction. That is true. Yes. So what are we going to talk about? This. This tool. We we're going to talk about Snapchat. Oh, well, chat GPT and all of this. Oh, it's chat. And I got confused. And okay. Us old men get confused on these things. Yeah. Tell me what you know about Snapchat. Just for fun. Um, I hear the kids talking about snapping each other. <laughs> oh, and Holly's, oh, she, Holly said, so Holly works here. Holly said she has two boys that are high school, junior high age. They, they When the girls ask them out now or they want to meet girls, they don't actually ask for their phone number. They ask for their snap ID or whatever it is. Wow. Yeah. So we just, we don't call each other. We just snap each other now for the dating scene for tweens. Okay. So, I'm, I mean, I still have a Snapchat now and I send like maybe two a day and my friends and I did it like a little after college, but it's interesting to see the younger generation like pick back up on it. Oh yeah. No, but it's anyway, a, it's a primary dating driver supposedly. All right. The new Tinder is Snapchat. New Tinder is Snapchat. <laughs> so in Snapchat now there's something called my AI. Oh, and I know no one can see us, but I'm showing yes. Jim my phone and it's their new bot where you, are friends with it. Like it's promoting itself as your Snapchat friend. So you can ask it questions. You I can CDC just said we had a epidemic of loneliness. Not anymore. You have <laughs> my AI is their name. Mm. So I don't know. Is that like, so when kids are sitting at school and everybody's Snapchatting around them, they have someone to Snapchat. I guess. Oh, I have no idea. So I'm reading about on um, all the social media things, like the parents that are, concerned about their kids oh, using yeah. this um, because they fear that Snapchat is actually a real person. My AI, some of those things where people think computers are not. They yeah, don't the large language model is substituting. They don't the understand LLM. the true capabilities of computers yes. and think that there's someone behind it trying to terrorize them. Yes. So this Snapchat thing is coming up all the time and mm. the snap. Or the chat GPT. Oh, yeah. All the discussions around that with cheating in school and coming up with. That's a thing. It's a thing. Yeah. Is it a good thing or a bad thing? Well, it's an interesting thing. It's maybe a scary thing. Also kind of a cool thing. That's right. So GPT is this idea of a large language model, which just means, right, it's generative AI is what, AI is what we're talking about. So the ability of the computer to generate new content. 
So that's the difference. What's the difference between chat GPT and Google? So Google searches the same things theoretically that chat GTP does, right? It, like it just crawls the internet and gathers all this information. Wait, before we get chat GPT. GPT. What does GPT stand for? Should I ask my AI? You should ask chat GTP. Um, I, I, well, you're, well, you're <laughs> working on the computer. So the idea of right of this generative ai is is that generative pre-trained transformer oh of course that's what i meant yeah you were on the right path yeah okay go ahead so the idea is right that google returns the list of places you might find information mm -hmm. these generative models or a large language model takes those things and summarizes it for you it takes the next step so it's kind of google plus mm -hmm. And so the interesting bit is right now it can create its own knowledge, right? So you've seen this workers strike or the writers strike in Hollywood, right. which has zero impact on my life. I've not been in a movie theater for like 25 years. You listened to the daily podcast the other day. Yeah, but I it's figured all about that. No, no, I just actually, um, oh yeah, I'm a nerd. I, I, this is stuff I listen okay. to. Yeah. So it was, but I don't go to movies because you have to sit there for two hours and like, mm, that's beyond my attention span. But I don't have ADHD though. I'm just you have a lot going on. I just I'm just busy, um, but the so the idea is right that if I feed some facts or ask a question like you did into this model, mm -hmm. it's going to spit back. Not so the Google compared to ChatGTP. If you'd have put Jim Lowe into Google, it'd have pulled up my university link mm -hmm. and said, "Oh, here's his bio at Illinois," and you'd have had to read it. ChatGTP said, ah, I'm going to read his bio for you. Right. And I'm going to read it. And I put that in air quotes and summarize it back. And I took everything on the internet about Jim Lowe and made it into three beautiful sentences. Yeah. Without you having to read it. Right. So I didn't get all the information. I got what it thought it was important. Yeah. And that's the, that's the cool part and the scary part. Mm -hmm. So as we're sitting in an academic institution in the last week of the semester, we're sitting here, right? So students are finishing their exams and they're writing papers. And I got a great paper yet this week, like real papers. Like, Don't worry, guys, it's coming, the grades. Someday. Um, but, right, you've got these papers sitting there. And so we've always thought that the student was going to sit and actually think those things through. And mm -hmm. right, the point of writing a paper is we've asked them a question. We're asking them to go find information cognitively think about it, not just mm -hmm. write it down, but like really cognate on it and then summarize that into some form of synthesis. And we make them short so they have to really think about synthesizing, right? Yep. So as you said, you didn't get 50 words, 50 paragraphs about Jim Lowe, you got three sentences. Mm -hmm. And so the question is now, right? So are students going to turn in? Students are turning in. People know this. This is a big discussion among administrators or faculty. Are students just Googling the question that I gave them not Googling it, chat GTPing the question I gave yeah. them and whoosh, generating an answer without actually doing any of the work. Right. So. So, I mean, the answer is yes, they're doing that. Yeah. And the good news is here's the cool part about chat GTP right now. It's not very accurate. Right. That was the next path. So, okay. So it's not very accurate. So you get crap in, in, in the form of homework. But in a in the university world, you could usually take an essay or something and find out if it was plagiarized. Yep. But there's no way to do that with ChatGPT. Uh, is there? 
I think some of the plagiarism models would detect it. Okay. Because it's borrowing from other spots, right? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. But the cool part to this point is, is that guess what? It just is wrong. So we've we've done mm -hmm. some monkeying around on the science side here. So this isn't this is anecdotal. So always be careful about anecdotes, right? But so we use Google Scholar a lot to do search. It's really quite a nice thing. And there's PubMed. There's a lot of search engines you mm -hmm. can use or correctly. So there's, you know, this life science space. So I tend to use Google Scholar because, you know, it's on the screen. It's yeah. kind of pretty dead easy. And so we've asked questions. So we're researching some topic, right? Asking a question. So we'll ask that question to Google like we normally would. Pull the papers out, summarize the papers. Mm -hmm. And then we basically ask that same question to ChatGTP out of my own interest. Like, am I working too hard? Mm -hmm. Like if, okay, I got to look at these things. I got to find the four relevant papers. I've got to read the papers, at least read the abstract. That's a lot of work. It might yeah. take me an hour. Okay. If I just typed it into chat GTP. GPT. GPT. We, the, a couple of podcasts ago, we went down the path of saying the wrong word the whole time. Trying to help us out. Uh, <laughs> we're directionally correct. Okay. So, but. Right. So then we put that into chat GTP and mm, the answers aren't very good. Yeah. In fact, sometimes when it generates, it also generates references like they didn't exist. It's like Bob's, Bob Smith wrote this paper in this journal on these pages. And this is where I got information from. But you're saying that reference is doesn't exist. Like the content pulled from it doesn't exist or Bob Smith never wrote an abstract on these things? Bob Smith never wrote a paper called that in this journal on this day. So it like pulled different pieces of maybe who Bob Smith was. and so That author's a real author. Uh -huh. Bob Smith might be a real author. Making up names here, right? Right. That's a real author. And the title might be real. Just not in that same form. But not in that journal. Okay. And sometimes Bob might be real and Smith might be real, but Bob and Smith don't go together. Okay. And so, right, they, the open AI who created this thing never claimed that it was accurate, yeah. right? This was a fun toy. But as we look at this, this is one of the big challenges to me, right? As we say, okay, what are we going to do? How are we going to build this thing? How do we leverage this? This is a hot topic in medicine. Mm -hmm. Can we use this to help replace doctors? We're short of doctors. Yeah. We're short of veterinarians. We're short of, can, can we use this? Right. Well, Somebody described the other day, if you're writing a fantasy script, you're writing Seinfeld episodes, the facts don't necessarily matter as long as the story is good. So generative AI for fictional type work makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. But where it's at today for factual type work, it isn't quite there. Isn't quite there. So opportunity wise, are we going to yeah. get there? So the problem with any of these is it's what's the information that's fed into it. Mm-hmm. So it's only as smart as what we gave it. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So when you build a, any artificial intelligence model, a machine learning model, we talk about a training data set. What the GPT stand for? Uh, I, General something training. Yes. Generative. Right? My AI closed. Okay. But you get the idea. Yeah, yeah. So the training is a really important thing. So it's what information did it see when it tried to learn how to work. So there's a, an algorithm, it's just an algorithm, it's a bunch of math, but it grabs all the information, then it processes that, and it comes up with a way to kind of categorize it. 
So the most important part when you do or the limitation of all artificial intelligence and machine learning is a piece of that mm -hmm. is what's the training data. So some of the things we're asking on the science side, guess what? We don't know the answers. Okay. Because nobody's done the work. And so it's can't predict or it can't summarize for lack of a better word, what's not there. And it's not necessarily able to claim that it doesn't know and right. spit back and say to you be ask determined. it a question it run you turn the machine its on job it's is literally to give machine you an it gives you an answer okay and so i give you so i was talking to a guy last week and so they're using a, a, a specialized version of chat gtp or a model large language model like that to do some veterinary care work so they feed in the history of the dog and they feed in the blood work and whatever and it spits back, what's the differential? So what are the potential causes of this dog's disease today? Mm -hmm. Now, it's pretty good. Now, for pigs, we do that. It's terrible. Because on the dog side, A, they publish a lot more yeah. information like that. And B, it can go look at the human literature because dogs and humans aren't that different. Okay. Pigs, we have infectious disease things. In different populations. In different populations. And yeah. we just don't publish that much. There might be a few hundred papers. Right. And it needs tens of thousands of papers hmm. to work off of. It's a volume game. And so all of these models, are they inaccurate? Well, no, they're probably actually really good. The math's really fantastic. I mean, that's the cool part, right? Mm -hmm. Like some dude is clever enough, or dudes and dudettes were clever enough to sit around and write the math and figure this out and how do you make it work and... The computing power's got up. We've got fast enough computers today, et cetera, et cetera. But it produces an answer that's only as good as what you gave it. And if we don't know yet, or you, we haven't created enough knowledge around that right. yet, it makes something up. Hmm. And so that's a problem. That's a problem. That's a problem. And we have to figure out then, right, how do we do this? So there's this whole discussion, and I, you know, we don't want to wade into it. What are we going to do to... I don't want to wade into what are we doing to students and they're not going to write and they're going to make yeah, it up. Yeah. And that, that's for, we'll let them. There, there are people that seriously. There. Yeah. Yeah. That, and those are serious. I'm not discounting those. It's mm -hmm. just, that's like, we could talk about 10 days about that. You, you're, you got two little kids. What's this going to do to their ability to write? And right. writing is about thinking and you know, all those things. And so those are potential things that are, I don't have the brain capacity to think about anymore. Mm -hmm. But as I think about it as a tool for medicine or produ livestock production or veterinary medicine, it's really a bit of us now saying, how do we start to think about harnessing those tools and right. adapting them? It's not taking chat DTP or my AI or, you know, the 74 other bar or, right. you know, they've all got their, you know, everybody's building these things now. It's how do we build tools like that? How do we adapt those tools to be useful in medicine? Mm -hmm. How do we get better? How do we use it? How do we use it? And how do we understand what, what it doesn't, what doesn't work? Yep. What's broken? Where is it not? It's not going to replace human decision-making. It's how do we use it to augment human decision-making? And that's a... That'll be scary learning, but it has a lot of potential to say, wait a minute, 
I would have written that off. Hmm. Talking to a veterinarian yesterday, South Farm, South Farm had high stillborn, so lots of dead baby pigs at birth. You were born dead. And the farm's like, ah, oh, we're just short of help. We weren't farrowing sows very well. Well, if you actually went back and looked at the data. It was a little more than that. It was a little more than that, folks. Yeah. But they'd just written it off because it wasn't that abnormal and it wasn't that bad. Yep. And so that's where things like machine learning and mm -hmm. machine learning is a step before AI. You know, machine learning is using a, a computer algorithm to help make decisions. Mm -hmm. But machine learning, artificial intelligence, all these fancy math models, how do we use those to make our decision making better? Yeah. So machine learning comes before AI. So we're saying chat GPT and all of that is AI. AI. Mm -hmm. Are we using machine learning in livestock production today? Not very much. Okay. A little bit. And again, it suffers of the same problem. You have to. Is anyone doing that well? Um, or just we're on the brink, we're on the infancy of it. We're on the infancy of all of it. Okay. Um, if you look at, so it's, it's some of it's going on in crops. So I think you've probably seen these things about sea and spray mm -hmm. where it's finding the weed and spraying the yeah. weed based upon what it sees. Well, that's, that's artificial intelligence. Okay. Um, John Deere has got a gizmo now that is, um, applying fertilizer in the row. So it sees, sees the seed drop and it sprays the fertilizer timing with the seed. Huh. And that's machine learning, artificial intelligence. Yeah. So it's processing an image and saying, do this. Man, they're always doing cool stuff in the crop world before us. Yeah, it's, um, I don't fully understand that, but I, that's another day, another <laughs> podcast. Um, but, but right, so there's some things there. Yes, there's some things going on in the crop world. There's a lot going on with kind of robotics. Mm -hmm. But all those things are hard. So what we have it, so robotics is hard. I mean, you know, the example I read was, if you imagine making a robot to pick apples, which requires artificial intelligence, mm -hmm. it requires mechanization plus artificial intelligence, automation yeah. plus, art. so I have to have a, an arm and a grabber thing, yep. some kind of a camera because it has to see the apple. Then you have to figure out how to guide the arm to grab the apple. Then you have to decide the apple's ripe. Someone told me that there's actually a full line of artificial intelligence that's used as almonds. Yes. Oh, yeah, that? it's the same okay. thing. Yeah, right. Yep. So, okay, so it does so, all of those things, and that's like the first, yeah, one of the biggest use cases to have as. But an it's example. really, 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 really hard. Mm -hmm. Because guess what? When I make an apple picker, it can't pick peaches because mm. it doesn't want a peach looks like. I see. Yeah. You get right. I've got to rebuild another machine to pick peaches. Right. So. Robotics, artificial intelligence, I mean, robotics, I mean, you've got really simple robots and you've kind of advanced robots, right? Mm -hmm. So Star Wars type of robots, that's artificial intelligence, right? It can process and. Yep. And as you look at that, those things, are they going to have value? Absolutely. But they're more likely to have value in highly repetitive tasks and not highly creative tasks. Yep. And so where the creative space is going to work, which is really what ChatGPT is doing, it's, it's creating content, right? Mm -hmm. it's, gener it's generating content. I think there's a thing to help aid decision-making there, but I think we're a long ways off from that being useful at the high end. Mm -hmm. I think it'll be really useful at the low end. I think there are going to be a lot of office tasks that we're going to figure out 
you know, we we struggle to get chatbots or form of, a, of AI. Yep. So we have graduate students here, right? So we've got two new academic advisors starting whose whole job is to talk to these students and work them through mm-hmm. the bits. And I'm not suggesting that we don't want human touch because human touch is really important. Mm-hmm. Human problem solving is great. But you know what? About half of the stuff they do is really, really, really repetitive. Right. Tasks. Task. I mean, it's, it's, and so that, if you look across campus, you look across universities, that entry level academic advising job is high turnover because mm-hmm. it's just turning the crank a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And so how do you take AI, build a customized chat bot that senses what people are saying ahead yep. to augment what the advising team does? And so the one that I just brought up as an example where it told, told me about you, yep. it's summation of you. If I start talking back, is it learning from me? I don't know. I don't know exactly how that okay. one works. I think it is. I think it takes all those requests and is feeding in there. Oh, that's, you should be scared. Yes. Yeah, because then yeah, I can start telling it all kinds of stuff about you. And it, but it'll have to figure out if it's true or not. <laughs> <laughs> but right. You, so I can see as we think about livestock, right? There's a lot of repetitive tasks that are pretty boring. Mm-hmm. And okay. We'll and that require out. a lot of human time with very little pay. Yeah. And so one of those is ordering feed. Yep. We're bad at that. Mm-hmm. And so we've said, oh, we're going to put sensors in the bin and we got to put this and we got to. OK, but that's all hard and it's mechanical and mechanical things don't work. And yeah, I think that's the problem. I mean, we do that automatically in hand today and we can now suggest when they should order feed. Mm-hmm. So some very simple machine learning models are predicting when they should order feed. Right. Well, I think we'll just get better at that. Yep. We'll feed more bigger data. data set, bigger data set, more repetition, more time. And we'll say, ah, oh, no, it's not just we think we know they need feed. Yeah. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I, I think you're going to see some confirm, of, confirmed, trained data. Yeah. Yeah. That those kind of things are going to be super valuable. OK. Um, semen ordering on a sow farm. Yeah. Right. You know, how that's like a. If you look at the amount of waste in that system and uh, the waste in the process, we end up throwing because it's got to be used within three days. And so mm-hmm. we're delivering it for two days a week and, you know, blah, 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 or three days a week. And so if they don't get the orders right or the sows don't come in, we'll get better at that. <laughs> Product ordering on farms, all yeah. those kind of things. Those are like low hanging fruit to me. Yep. That aren't very predictable with routine regression or kind of very simple modeling that Four or five data feeds will figure out, hey, they need this many bottles of iron and we'll ship. We need this many bottles of vaccine. We'll just ship it there. And so that takes labor out. Those aren't game changers, but that's, I think, where you're going to see kind of the first iteration in livestock production. Okay. But for now, we have this app. Yes. But we'll get there. We'll get there. I just asked after your intro, I typed back, cool, if I did a podcast with him, what should I call it? And it says, if you did a podcast with Dr. Jim Lowe, you could call it Swine Solutions with Dr. Jim Lowe or the Livestock Vet Insights from Dr. Jim Lowe to reflect his expertise in swine production and veterinary medicine. We didn't talk about any of that today. How much better is that? (laughs) See, I told you it wasn't very accurate. (laughs) Well, you got us on the round barn. We got us on the round barn. 
Thanks for joining us. Please subscribe and tell your friends about the Round Barn podcast. We'd also love to connect with you. Please find us on LinkedIn by searching The Round Barn at Illinois to give us your feedback and tell us what you'd like to hear. In addition to this podcast, we offer a wide range of both online and in-person learning opportunities for anyone interested in the areas of livestock production or veterinary science. You can learn more about those by visiting online.vetmed.illinois.edu. Thanks for listening.